0: This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
1: Yeah, I I swallowed something (laughs) and it stuck in my throat, so...
0: Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
1: I'm Brian Morris.
0: I'm Stacey Kulo.
1: we're comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls.
0: Which is a show that I love, but I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows.
1: So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go.
0: And this week we watch season three, episode two of both shows, starting with Gilmore Girls, Haunted Leg.
1: As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dead Man's Party.
0: One of these episodes was fantastic, Brian.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they were both good. One was just particularly good.
0: One was like a very good episode.
1: You'll find out soon enough. You will. We don't have much going on uh, in our lives right now that's new. I'm making ribs right now, which is going to be good.
0: Yeah, his hands are so dirty. It's like (laughs) covered in barbecue sauce. I'm like, don't touch the mic, Brian.
1: Yeah, I'm just uh, talking to the mic with the bloody hands. No, I've. Bloody? (laughs) Yeah, I murdered. I didn't say where the ribs came from, I got rid of that loud neighbor.
0: Oh, no. We're cannibals. Surprise. No, um, they're in our Crock-Pot. Slow cooker, whatever you like to call it. We use it a lot.
1: Yeah, we really do now. It's just not, you just throw it in there and then you're done.
0: Other than that, um, you might hear a cat chilling in his tunnels.
1: Yeah, we have some like uh, collapsible tunnels, like tri-tunnels that we usually just have in storage, but we bring them out every once in a while for our cat to play with. And he loves them. They're like Christmas.
0: I think he knows they're temporary. So he's like, I'm going to lay in a here every chance I get because I know these will be put away again.
1: Good for him. I'm glad he loves them. Yeah. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder.
0: And his heart is fond as fuck today. So first, we watch Gilmore Girls' Brian tell everyone about Haunted Leg.
1: So this episode is about Lorelai and Rory tying up a lot of loose ends from the previous season and from the last episode. For Lorelai, it's about her explaining to her mother what's going on with her and Christopher, really, and having her mother, like, finally meet her and understand her position on this. Uh, And also about Rory dealing with some new political stuff at school now that she's on the student council. And it's also about Rory dealing with her feelings for Jess a little bit. And there's a fun side story about Kirk asking out Lorelai. I agree. You agree that's what happened?
0: Yeah, and the (laughs) the Kirk thing was fun.
1: Okay, so the episode starts at a Friday night dinner. It's really awkward. I feel like half of Friday night dinners are super awkward.
0: Oh, yeah, more than half.
1: Rich is gone. He's traveling for business, which is confusing to me. Why? I I don't really know what he does. (laughs) He
0: is an international insurance consultant. He must be international.
1: Right, right. But it's really awkward, and Emily's like, I'm the one that should be angry because I'm the one that you left alone here when you stormed out last Friday without, like, finishing dinner.
0: I wondered about this because that time the Lorelai escaped out the window from Friday night dinner, no one ever spoke of that again. So I kind of didn't know if they would address it, and they definitely did.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, smoothed, they got over it pretty quickly. Lorelei picks up a newspaper, and Emily's like, that's rude, but Richard reads newspapers constantly in front of other people.
0: Yeah, the like first couple times they come over for Friday night dinner, he's just reading a newspaper the entire time.
1: Yeah, and so it's just like a weird thing for her to be like, that's not okay. It's like, well, your, your husband does it all the time. There's some funny lines here, like Lorelai uh, reads something from the newspaper about a woman shooting her husband, and Emily's all like, at least she had a husband to kill. Then at Luke's, we find out that Lorelai's got a cold. Isn't it crazy that we used to, and, I, and I'm guessing we will again, just like go about our day to day with colds?
0: Yeah. Like yeah. with the
1: coronavirus, I feel like it's sort of settling in on people like, hey, if you're sick at all, stay home because otherwise you give your sickness to other people. Mm-hmm. And we always knew that. But like, I went to work with colds all the time. So did everybody.
0: Right. And I didn't really freak out when other people had colds. No. It's like, I- my immune system's pretty good. I'll be fine. And I mean, there
1: is no reason to freak out in the regards that you're not going to die from a cold.
0: But like, you don't want a cold.
1: Right. <laughs> like it's unpleasant. But we thought nothing of like, sure, I'm going to give it to anyone I interact with today. Luke's giving her a hard time that she should, like, eat the vegetables in her soup.
0: I'm so jealous that Lorelai got to eat soup and mashed potatoes. Yeah,
1: you do love those things.
0: I love soup.
1: I also think that Lorelai needs to eat some vegetables. <laughs> they, their food is always junk.
0: is just complaining about how she doesn't like having colds and that colds are so dumb, because, like, anyone can get a cold just once she wants a special disease. Like, oh, my leg is haunted. And they're like, that's the name of the episode. If anybody sees a connection to the rest of the episode that I'm missing, please let us know.
1: Yeah, that just seems like a bold move to make. That's the title. It's very clear immediately that Luke is like over his being angry at Lorelai.
0: I thought that line was funny too because he was being mean to her and she's like, remember when you hated me? That was fun. Like, let's go back to that.
1: Yeah, I, but I mean, they're doing their banter. Yeah, that was funny. However, that's when Jess's girlfriend comes in and does some like very public making out which is like
0: over the counter.
1: Yeah, it's a bit much. I'm all for PDA, but uh, that's a lot of, of PDA. That's very P. Very P. And then she's like, let's go. And he's like, clearly like a dick to her. <laughs> he's just like, relax. I'm like, uh, does that how you treat your girlfriend?
0: I mean, did you think Jess would Relax, be a- Relax,
1: <laughs> Stace. It's my turn to talk.
0: <laughs> did you think Jess would be a sweet boyfriend? I
1: think so, yeah. I don't know. I think the idea behind him, right, is that he will be sweet to Rory. I hope so. Anyway, you could tell that Rory doesn't love seeing that. And then Dean comes in to remind us that he's still in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just got done from burning some books or something. He's gotten so dumb in this show.
0: His muscles were where he kept his knowledge. and
1: <laughs> Now that he's lost all his weight- At the end, Lorelai is trying to find a mouse. Well, Michelle is trying to find this mouse. There's a lot of funny dialogue with Michelle about the mouse.
0: Yeah, he's like, just tell people it's a baby. People love babies.
1: (laughs) She's like, oh, that's a little baby.
0: Yeah, the whole thing was very good.
1: Kirk comes in to drop off the wedding photos. Remember, he took photos at the wedding.
0: Did we set that up? Yeah, He was going to take photos at Lorelai and Max's wedding. I don't know that we ever heard he was going to do it for Suki's wedding. He was just a guest at Suki's wedding. Yeah, that's true. But she was like, what would you got there? Anything good? And he's like, not really. Just Suki's wedding photos. Yeah, that was funny.
1: But then Kirk asks out Lorelai. And as he's leaving, he's like, I'll give you some time to think about it in terms of I think you might be the most pretty woman I've ever met. That
0: was so nice. It was
1: super sweet.
0: Well, then he tacked on.
1: Except for like a porno mag I saw one time.
0: Right. (laughs) He had a lot of really good lines this episode. Like when she asked him how he was doing, he's like, oh, pretty good. Except my mom's got a condition where her knees are enormous and I had to cut holes in her pants so she could sit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's got a ton of funny lines in this episode. He specifically gives her two weeks because she's got a cold. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the justification of why she has a cold in this episode. Today is Rory's first day of high school, and when she wakes up, her mom's there, she's super excited because it's her last first day of high school. There's only four of them.
0: Maybe she had five because she started two schools her sophomore year. She's looking for advice from Rory on what to do about Kirk, mostly.
1: Yeah, and she has a funny line about saying how he works in every business in town.
0: Yeah, I can't avoid him. He works everywhere.
1: Speaking of which, I'm going to have an issue with that later. Why? Why? We'll, we'll get there. Okay. Then there's this, like, kind of bizarre scene where Rory goes to make some cereal. And it's a team effort. The choreography here is nice. I applaud the actors for this. But the two of them make a bowl of cereal together?
0: Without any conversation about what they're about to do.
1: Rory grabs a giant bowl. Clearly meant for, like, fruit in the center of a table or something. <laughs>
0: Just, like, mixing.
1: And she just, like, pours in a bunch of cereal. Meanwhile, Lorelai pours in a bunch of giant marshmallows. Then Rory puts in a bunch of milk. She takes one bite and then says, well, I'm going to go take a shower. So I guess she was, like psychically telling her mother, like, hey, I'm going to make you a bowl of cereal and have one bite. Like, this is insane.
0: It is. This is all very, it's a good idea. It's like Rice Krispies with marshmallows. I feel
1: like this is a writer's mistake. They're like, oh, this will be cute.
0: And you can't just, like, come back to cereal later.
1: You can't come back to cereal after, like, a conversation. Like, no. It's, you got to eat that shit quick.
0: It was weird. It was so cute. Loved it, and then it got real weird.
1: But it's a big day at school because there's some big event. We kept wondering, like, what is this event? Because her mother and her grandmother are coming to the school for, like, day one. And we just kept, like, what what happens on day one of school? Like, what are we missing?
0: It's basically inauguration for the student government, but it's, like, after school? At my school, this would be like a 10-minute thing in the middle of an already happening assembly. Yeah, I don't even know this would happen
1: at my school. They might announce it over the loudspeaker or something.
0: No one's, like, staying after school for this. The parents don't care. And it's packed.
1: It's a packed room. It goes on forever. Everyone's got speeches. Who's going to this?
0: Not me. Lorelai and Emily.
1: Yeah, uh, is like not super excited to be sitting next to her mother, but she saves her a seat with her purse. And it's kind of funny because she keeps putting the purse there and taking the purse back and putting the purse there. And then she takes the purse back and Emily sits down and then says, you know, it'd be nice if you had like kept the seat with your purse. <laughs> that was funny. I like that.
0: It was good. It was like a long, silent beat of comedy. Yeah. They show a fair amount of the speeches that, like, Rory and Paris give, and I went back to reanalyze to see if there's anything happening here, because, like, Lorelai and her mom keep glancing at each other. Paris' is about legacy and, Mm -hmm. like, preserving the legacy above, like, all else. So I wonder if this is supposed to be sort of meaning, like, Emily wants to make her family Good. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's something there with like her wanting to make Lorelai and Christopher like whole and be the family she always wanted them to be, and that's her legacy. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the Gilmore name. Even though I guess it, she would change her name theoretically, you know what I mean? Though, like just yeah, not having Lorelai live this small town life and having her do what she always wanted. That's what I think they're trying to say with the speech. Otherwise, it's just a lot of the speech.
1: Yeah, it is a lot of the speech. And I didn't even want to listen to the speech, so I'm wondering who those kids were.
0: (laughs) Lorelai and Emily are even like, this was long.
1: Yeah. But Emily asks Lorelai to lunch, and she makes a big thing about, like, I can make any time work. And you know how Emily's schedule is. It's packed. Mm -hmm. It's super packed. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we can even go to that Luke's that you like so much. And really, like, Lorelai can't come up with an excuse. Like, she will meet whenever, you know, like, at her favorite place. Right. So she's like, okay, cool, I'll go. When I first saw this scene, I was really like, oh, like, Emily's really trying to, like, reach out to her daughter. Never. Right, I know, without some kind of machination. Now we get to the school drama, which I'm guessing is going to be a whole season-long thing.
0: I can't remember, but probably.
1: There's like a icebreaker get-to-know-you kind of meeting for student council. Of course, I did not know that because it's just like a bunch of students sitting around a large table with a ton of untouched Krispy creams and coffees, while Paris just like monologues while walking around the table. And then she's like, well, okay, we don't have much more time in this meeting. But then Francie stands up. You guys remember Francie from The Puffs?
0: The Puffmaster.
1: She stands up and she's like, you know, as seen." senior class president the biggest thing that the seniors are worried about right now is trying to roll back the hemline rule
0: they want shorter skirts shorter
1: skirts yes and Paris is like why do we care about that that's really the biggest issue for the seniors and she's like it is and Paris is all like yeah yeah okay I'll think about it clearly Paris does not give a shit and she's not gonna think about it at all
0: nor should she it doesn't seem important really
1: I suppose you're right it doesn't it doesn't matter I don't know
0: I, I guess I can see it both ways. I I get why Paris is like whatever. That's not a big deal. We have to wear uniforms. What difference does it make? How sexy they are. But also if that is what the students want. Right.
1: That's the idea. It's like I agree with you that substantively it's not important, but they're representing the student body, and the student body wants something, well then they have to advocate for that. That's you know, even if they think it's stupid.
0: But Rory points out that Paris was being weird this whole meeting, because it was supposed to be an icebreaker.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad we discussed that because during this whole scene i'm like no one's touched the coffee they've never even taken it out
0: and then you got my superpower and yeah. rory said that same thing right immediately
1: immediately she's like this is supposed to be an icebreaker we didn't even
0: touch the krispy kreme donuts so much of rory and paris's relationship is just rory teaching her how to be a human yeah i know right <laughs> same with lorelei twice in this episode rory points out that she's immature no
1: well, she is immature
0: just saying rory uh, rory so far is the normal person
1: But then, later, Rory gets pulled in the bathroom by, like, pushed, pulled, like, forced into the bathroom by one of Francie's goons?
0: Yeah, they're goons.
1: Yeah, they're all in there, and they're like, hey, uh, listen, you're gonna play ball, okay? You're gonna get this hemline thing fixed, or I'm gonna make things real hard for you, because I'm in charge.
0: Yeah, she's just basically gonna get all the other class presidents to not vote with Paris ever.
1: Rory's like, hey, we're not supposed to be making some kind of like backroom deals, or maybe she meant to say bathroom deals. Hmm. Francie's all like, it's going to happen. Shut your mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought it was cool that Rory was like doing the right thing. Well,
1: I disagree a little bit because I don't think she is doing, I don't think that Paris is doing the right thing. Because like I said, the student body wants X. That means their representatives, who they voted for, should advocate for X, even if they don't think it's important. So, right. If you're right that they're sort of going against the political system, but like Paris is too by not actually hearing what is being – asked for by her constituents.
0: The thing is do we know that's what people want or is that just what Francie and her goons want?
1: Right, I understand that, but I think there's that line of dialogue from Paris where she's like is that really what the senior class wants?
0: But Rory also says we should do what the senior class wants so I think she's sort of wrestling with like, do I do what the senior class wants or what Paris wants?
1: But Francie's like listen, you even tell Paris about this I'm gonna tell her you came to me and lie and uh, I'm super convincing and everyone here will back me up
0: Yeah, I thought I was maybe gonna hate this, but it was like, really well done, I thought.
1: No, I thought this was great. I think the actress that plays Francie's great. And I thought this was uh, a really cool scene. It
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, really set up stuff for the whole season, I feel like. Well, at least a storyline for part of the season, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because, like, the most interesting thing going on at school last year, I guess, was like Max Medina. And uh, that kind of wrapped up season one. I guess, like, Paris and Rory butting heads. But yeah, I kind of like that they're setting up, like, a school problem.
1: Especially since school is, like, such a paramount thing for Rory. It's like, we need to know more about her school life. Because that's a lot of who she is. But Francie's plan works. At the next meeting, when Francie brings it up again, Paris is all like, yeah, I haven't thought about it. Uh, And probably not gonna. And then as soon as the meeting's over, Rory, like, immediately, like, right away is like, ah, we should actually back that thing you just said you're not gonna back. We gotta give them something so that they work with you later. Paris is all worried about her legacy. She doesn't want to be remembered as the hemline girl. But Rory, like, points out, like, yeah, just do it early. No one will remember this. She's totally right. I feel like Francie did not have enough time to leave the room before Rory brought this up, so she probably overheard this. I mean, yeah, one of her goons did.
0: But yeah, Paris kind of questions Rory's motivation. She's like, "Why do you care?" I feel like there'll be repercussions for this eventually. That Paris is like going to find out that she's been working on Francie's side, sort of, or like this isn't all truly motivated by Rory just thinking it's a good idea. Yeah. But it's heavily implied that this will probably be an ongoing struggle for Rory based on the look on her face.
1: So it's the next day. Lorelai's got to meet with her mother at Luke's. She's super apprehensive about it. She talks to Suki about it. Suki is complaining about how she's got to make a vegetarian dish and how she hates how she has to do that. It's going to be so difficult. But I'm like, there's no way a chef doesn't know how to make a good vegetarian dish. Like, I get that this show's old. It's like 20 years old, but like... She's like
0: talking about sneaking meat in?
1: Part of me actually was like kind of rolling my eyes because I can't imagine a chef doesn't have like three vegetarian meals that they can make at any point.
0: Yeah, you'd think they would have like vegetarian options for weddings even 20 years ago.
1: At Luke's, before Emily shows up, and she's late, which for a second I thought that was intentional, like she was trying to like get back at Lorelai, because she's never late, and Lorelai always is. But at Luke's, Luke mentions that Kirk came to him for advice, which was all very funny. But here's my issue from earlier.
0: Oh, yeah. I know your issue. Luke says issue.
1: Kirk was like pleased to find out she had wood floors, as if he did not know. But he did know. Kirk came and inspected her house when she had termites.
0: Yeah, so he would have definitely checked out her wood floors.
1: Yeah, he would 100% know about it. <laughs> It's so small, but it bothered me. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a mistake. This was all very funny, though.
1: Yes, it was. Luke
0: just giving her a hard time for Kirk asking her out, like, leaves the table singing Love is in the Air.
1: Emily comes in right when Lorelai's throwing a fork at Luke, and she's like, why are you throwing cutlery in a public place? Classic Emily.
0: Emily's so grossed out by Luke. Yeah, she
1: hates it. Emily's being crazy. You know, she's just like, are the eggs coddled?
0: Yeah, for the Caesar salad. And then she ends up asking Luke how their dressing is made. He's like, I'll have to call Paul Newman and ask. Yeah,
1: that was all funny. But also, Emily, you're at like a gross diner. Like, just get something. Like, it's yeah. not going to be fancy. So Lorelai's like, why are we meeting? What is going on? What do you want? And Emily's like, I don't want anything. There's no agenda. Which you know is a lie. Emily's always got an agenda. Uh, and then we find out that Emily called Christopher and obviously that's what this meeting's about.
0: Yeah, as soon as she said there was nothing, she drops this bomb.
1: Yeah. She called Christopher and she's like, you know, Christopher wants to be with you, you know?
0: He doesn't love Sherry.
1: Lorelai is livid, which I get. And she just like walks out on her mom, which is the second time she's done that in two episodes. Yeah. She literally just like walks out on her. And she's like, you got no right to call Christopher.
0: And we talked about this a little, but Emily, I think has good intentions here. Yeah. She knows Lorelai wants to be with Christopher, but it's still really not her business to like take it upon herself. And You're 100% metal. right.
1: But I kind of get Emily's like, you, you drop this bomb on us and then you refuse to discuss it with me. Like, so I don't really know everything. That's true. I want to know more. You won't talk to me about it. So she called Christopher and I, uh, yes, yeah, she shouldn't have called Christopher, right? Like she shouldn't have. But like, I guess I understand why she might have, especially if she's not calling Christopher to like yell at him. She just wants to know what's going on.
0: Yeah, and they I mean, they have a history. It's not like Christopher was Max Medina. They've known him since he was a child.
1: Yeah, and whenever Dean's got a problem with Rory, he's always coming up to Lorelai, so... Yeah. You know, like mother, like mother. So when next Friday night dinner comes along, she does not want to go, but she has to. There's some really funny... (laughs) Stuff from Kirk where he calls and thinks the answering machine is her and starts to leave messages. His mom's on the line. That was all very funny. Kirk was great in this episode. A plus Kirk.
0: Yeah, I think he's only in two scenes, but his presence is felt in other scenes. I really love hearing Kirk's way of speaking as told through Luke. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like. Luke's kind of relaying the conversation, but it's like, yep, that sounds like Kirk.
1: Then we get to Friday night dinner and immediately there's a new, very dumb maid.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) And Emily is like, obviously angry at Lorelai for walking out on her twice, but also super mad at this maid for being the worst maid possible. Like the first maid that I've been like, yeah, Emily, you should fire this woman. (laughs) She keeps confusing the sound of the oven with the doorbell.
0: And then we find out that they've had her for three days?
1: Which is so long in Emily time.
0: I was shocked. Lorelai's shocked.
1: It turns out that Richard gave her a hard time about how she fires her maids so quickly. So she's like trying to prove that she doesn't always fire her maids. Mm-hmm. And she just happened to get the dumbest maid possible.
0: Dinner's ready half hour too early.
1: That is so funny. She's like, dinner's ready. And she's like, well, I want a dinner at 7. It's like 6.30. She's like, okay, but it's it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that line from Emily, like, okay,
0: we're gonna eat that." It was very good, and I think this was very smart to have, like, a buffer of something that Emily is upset about yeah. instead of Lorelei. Yes. To preface, like, what's about to happen, but it's also just very funny when Emily is perturbed by something other than Lorelei.
1: And this is all great misdirection, too, because we're all focused on the maid, because it's funny, and it's, like, the thing happening besides the tension between Lorelei and her mother.
0: Mm-hmm. She's about to serve them salad, and then the doorbell rings, shakes the salad with her
1: yeah the, the maid taking this out of the door was hilarious but guess who's at the door richard motherfucking christopher Ugh,
0: emily did this
1: he walks in he's like disheveled he's upset because Lorelai will not answer his phone calls and he's like we gotta talk we gotta talk
0: he knew she'd be here
1: Lorelai, like you said just like immediately blames emily and emily's like i didn't do this i didn't do this i believe her i believed her right away me too So he's just like laying this out. Like it's wrong of you to not answer my phone calls. And he's like, you know, what's really wrong though, is that you cut me off from my daughter. You know, no matter how things were between you and me, you've never cut me off from my daughter. And this is just what we talked about on the last podcast. But then Rory comes in. She's like, no, mom's not keeping me from you. I don't want to talk to you. You promised you were going to make it work this time and you didn't. And then Rory says, devastating words. She's like, I've got mom. Go be somebody else's dad. Oh. Arrow to the heart, man. Oh, that's rough.
0: He wants to go try to smooth things over with her. And Lorelai's like, no, I'll do it. She wants to be alone. He's like, no, well, you're going to, you always, I want to be the dad.
1: I don't blame him for wanting to, but you know.
0: Yeah, but like what Lorelai says, she can't fix this problem in three seconds. Yeah, absolutely right. Laura, I think, is mature enough to understand the situation is not something that can be controlled, mm-hmm. and that Christopher is doing the right thing, but Rory isn't mature enough to understand that. Like, she just sees it like her dad lied to her. She's not mature enough to process that he hasn't really done anything wrong.
1: Yeah, I also understand that just people have emotions, you know, they're not always justified. It's a situation where, like, I feel bad for every person here. Mm-hmm. Like, Christopher, I feel bad for him, but I also don't blame his daughter for not wanting to talk to him. Or Lorelai for not wanting to talk to him. Yeah, in a perfect, totally mature world, Rory could separate this event and talk to her dad. But, I mean... It would be bad writing if the daughter was super hella mature.
0: It is maybe, I'm not wrong of Lorelai, but I get why Christopher's upset that she's ignoring him. Because really, they're the only ones that they can talk to about this. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones that understand what they're both going through, and he feels super alone. It would suck to like be going through something like this, where you are kind of forced to marry someone you don't love.
1: To do the right thing.
0: And the person you do love, you are just like suddenly cut off from. Yeah, that's
1: the thing, right? Like, he loves her and he wants to talk to her about, like, who else would he share this pain with?
0: I can't remember if the show addresses this, but I'm really interested in what Sherry knows.
1: Right, right.
0: Because, like, does she know that the man she's going to marry was about to be with someone else and doesn't really want to be with her?
1: Those are great questions. Those are really good questions. But yeah, their
0: their fight continues and Lorelai is just like, what can we do? Like, are you going to marry Sherry? And he says, yes. Yeah. That's the first she's finding that out. And She's like, well, then this is what's what's happening. What, what do you want from me? It hurts to talk to you. Can we not?
1: And then that's when Emily's like, Christopher, it's time for you to leave. And so he does. He gets on his motorcycle, no helmet. Okay. And uh, he takes off.
0: Lorelai quickly goes outside and tells him to give it time.
1: Yeah, she, Lorelai's not a bad person. I mean, she's flawed. We all are. But she just is like, give a time with his daughter.
0: But it was um, nice that Emily stood up for her daughter.
1: Yes, that was great. And I think this scene was great for so many reasons. So many reasons. One, I think it was a great way of showcasing everyone's point of view here, right? Mm -hmm. No one was the villain villain. Everyone is flawed, but no one is like the villain and we all see their perspectives. And I feel like they all acted really well. I thought Christopher like really showed us that he was in pain and obviously Lorelai showed us she was in pain and so did Rory. But also it served as a perfect way to like really explain this in a way that Emily would understand to Emily.
0: Right, because she's just hearing all this from the other room.
1: Yeah, and she's in her mind made up what the situation is or how people should feel or do feel. And now she's seeing it and being like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. I get it now. And I understand why my daughter can't see Christopher. So I thought that was great.
0: Kind of good that Richard wasn't there, too. I feel like he would have meddled in a way that wouldn't have been as productive.
1: Absolutely. Unless he had a newspaper, he probably would have been reading that
0: (laughs) the entire time.
1: But that's not the end of the episode, even though you'd think. That's so good. We're done now, right? What else could we cover?
0: Nothing. Everything's been talked about.
1: Then we remembered, oh yeah, Kirk, we got to wrap up that storyline.
0: Dinner was bad, so the girls are off to the store to get food. Rory mentioned she doesn't want to go to her dad's wedding, and Lorelai's like, well, you might regret that someday, so maybe you should.
1: Yeah, which reminds me of when she like broke up with Dean and wanted to throw out everything, mm-hmm. and her mom was like, I understand that feeling, but you may have different feelings later.
0: It's just like one of those things maybe I wouldn't have connected with as much when I was watching this in college.
1: Mm-hmm. But as they're going to the grocery store, they see Kirk, he wants to know if she's allergic to tuna, and she's like, no. And he's like, great. And then she's like, hey, she lets him down, you know?
0: Yeah, she's made her decision. He's like, you sure you don't need any other information <laughs> before yeah. you decide? And
1: he's like, was it the tuna thing? Was that weird? She's like, no, that, that was thoughtful.
0: <laughs> but she, yeah, she just tells him kind of the truth. She's sort of in a bad place because she just got out of something.
1: Yeah, I don't know that it's the full truth. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's no way she would have dated Kirk. That's implied from, like, everything she said to Luke. Yeah,
1: I wish she would, though. I think that would be a fun direction.
0: But Kirk says, at least I asked. I don't know. It was sweet.
1: It was sweet. It makes me like Kirk. I feel like for the longest time, Kirk's character was either I had neutral feelings to I was annoyed by him.
0: I think he's just a weird, lonely man that wants to connect but doesn't know how.
1: Whose mom's knees swell up real big.
0: Yeah, and he's got some mommy issues for sure.
1: Inside the store, guess who runs into who? This is where everyone runs into each other. It's a very small store.
0: I think the store's gotten bigger, though. There seem to be two checkout lanes now.
1: Yeah, that's true. Jess is there. He runs into Rory. So her and Jess essentially start to hash it out. She clearly doesn't like his girlfriend. She's like giving him a hard time about making out with this girl.
0: Well, yeah, because she's like, well, after Suki's wedding, I thought, you know, we'd like be together. She didn't say that, but. Well, she did bring out what
1: happened at Suki's wedding, did yeah, she? Yeah,
0: yeah. But not that they would be together.
1: And then he's like, okay, but well, what about this summer? You didn't write me once, you didn't call. You didn't communicate with me you told me to not tell anyone about this
0: you didn't break up with dean
1: yeah and like all of this i feel like she's upset at him but it's like yeah but like he's right about all of these points yeah
0: yeah i mean what's he sp- he's just gonna wait around like he points out dean would do
1: it's just dean doesn't know anything he doesn't understand time we've made that clear
0: brian um hates dean
1: so she storms off so we finally find out what we kind of expected, why Jess is with somebody else. I think it's a little bit out of spite. I don't think it's totally out of like, yeah. oh, I fell for a girl. It was kind of like, well, if she's not going to be with me. Then I'm going to be with somebody else.
0: Yeah. I mean, he doesn't seem to love this girl. I bet it happened organically. I doubt he was just like, I'm going to find someone quick.
1: But Right. Part of me wonders, though, if he didn't find someone that was into him and he was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind dating this person and having it hurt Rory. Right. Right. But I totally see his point of view, 100%.
0: Yeah, I, there's no reason he should have waited for her.
1: Yeah, the, the kissing him and saying, don't tell anyone about this, and then, like, not talking to him for three months, that's insane.
0: I think it is interesting, too, that he brought up that, yeah, Dean would do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great line.
0: Dean sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not Dean. I'm a different guy than Dean. Deal with it.
1: It's funny, especially in this scene, like how much like Luke he is. Mm -hmm. Don't you think?
0: I hadn't thought that, but just in his
1: mannerisms when he's, especially when he's angry with one of the Gilmore girls.
0: Okay, I didn't catch that.
1: Just like like a lot of Luke vibes. Also, confrontations in the store—that's something Luke does. Yes,
0: they both love that.
1: Uh, Yeah. So this was great. This scene was great. Friday Night Dinner was great. The running jokes with Kirk were really funny. This is a great episode. So good. Do you think this is a good episode?
0: No. Yeah, I
1: mean, like, nothing happened. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was, like, shocked. I had recently seen the scene with Christopher coming to dinner, but I didn't have the context. I just, like, saw that isolated on the internet. So I knew that scene was in this episode. So I was very excited. But I didn't realize how much else was going to happen in this episode. And yet, even all the little dumb things that were happening, with the exception of maybe Sugi hating vegetarians, was very good. Mm -hmm. Michelle's lines were great. Luke's interactions with Lorelai at the diner were great. Oh, and the Rory's drama was great. Yeah. It was just very funny. Lots of drama. So much better than the season opener, which wasn't bad.
1: This might be my favorite episode so far of the show.
0: Yeah, I could just tell, like, sitting there with you. We were both just, like, very caught up in this episode.
1: I really wish we could have started with Buffy this week. Just so, like, we didn't go into Buffy like, good luck, Buffy. Yeah, we definitely did. (laughs) You got a lot of heavy lifting to do. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, yeah, definitely I recommend this episode.
1: Not the show though, but this episode you should watch.
0: Mm-hmm. The worst thing about this episode was the title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what even is that? Yeah, I was um I was very happy and surprised by how on point everything was.
1: Yeah, I agree. Okay. That was Gilmore Girls. And now for a segment we like to call Meanwhile Unchar.
0: Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen.
1: But we're going to discuss it anyway.
0: Based only on its IMDb summaries. Brian, what happened on Charmed?
1: Meanwhile, on Charmed, Season 3, Episode 2, Magic Hour, the sisters must find a way to break a curse which turns a man into an owl by day and his girlfriend into a wolf by night. Meanwhile, Prue discovers a way to hold Piper and Leo's wedding without the powers that be finding out.
0: What? There's so much happening.
1: Powers that be? The
0: wedding didn't happen yet?
1: There's an owl and a
0: wolf couple? Let's start with his wedding. Because in the last episode, they were already married. They had a low-key wedding over the summer because Piper married a dog and didn't want anyone to know.
1: I think dog weddings don't count legally, so they have to maybe turn him into a man for the wedding.
0: I think they were probably feeling a little bad, too, that they had to have such a small wedding. So I bet, yeah, I bet they do find a way to temporarily turn Leo into a man right. so that they can have a big public wedding for all their family and friends.
1: The powers that be are like God, but, you know, this is a WB show. They couldn't say the word God, so... What?
0: <laughs> they had a whole show about God. Seventh Heaven.
1: Yeah, they actually never said God or said what religion they were in the
0: It was show. surprisingly secular they really danced around the subject of Christianity their sermons were very about just general goodness really yeah
1: I assumed it was like very evangelical
0: no I was like this is not church it's funny I mean, I'm guessing the powers that be are the people that are trying to keep people and animals apart. Yeah. So they have to try to find a way to have this wedding.
1: So it's legal.
0: It's a big problem in this town where witches are marrying animals.
1: Yeah. You've seen Sabrina. You see, you put a person in a cat, then people want to date that cat. Mm-hmm. I get it. Cats are cute. Cats are so cute, dude.
0: Dogs are cute.
1: Owls are cute. Wolves are cute. That's what this whole episode's about,
0: guys. <laughs> yes. So they find a way to temporarily turn Leo into a man so that they can have a big public wedding for all their family and friends without the powers that be, the people that are responsible for making sure that humans don't mate with animals, from knowing.
1: And they're able to use that same process to help this guy and his girlfriend out.
0: But for some reason, Leo's is only a temporary fix. Where I, I think, think
1: Leo wants to be a dog.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's happy as a dog. Yeah. He was born a man. He somehow got turned into a dog, which we may or may not have said. I can't remember. I just
1: want to know. Okay, so this man turns into an owl by day, right? Is not his wife that turns into a wolf. It's just his girlfriend. I like to think that he just met a woman.
0: These two met on an app.
1: Yo, they met in an app. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Animal part time, human part time. Ah, uh, right, right. You, you swipe uh, and you match. This was very ahead of its time. This is before smartphones, but you still swiped. You like went somewhere and swiped. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it didn't really work out because you know he's an animal at night. She's an animal in the day. So they just want to be on the same animal cycle.
1: It's plenty of fish and owls and wolves and other animals stuck <laughs> up.
0: They break the curse so these two can be animals and humans still, but just at the same time. Yeah. So now they're both animals at night. Wolves, owls, both love to be awake at night, but they're like regular people during the day and they can have regular people jobs and things.
1: So when they're animals, they're generally sleeping, but owls always look like they're sleeping very soundly and comfortably.
0: So they have to have day sex because they can't have animal sex because they're different animals.
1: Right. I mean, you can, but it is rough.
0: Mm -hmm. Cloaca. Do boy owls have cloacas?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they both just have cloacas. I mean, I could Google this, but I refuse to.
0: I think we have this figured out. I think that's what happened.
1: This was a great episode of Charmed, actually. It was better than Gilmore
0: Girls. It was.
1: <laughs> I went into this Charmed thinking, good luck, Charmed. You got some heavy lifting. Only to be pleasantly surprised by how great Charmed was.
0: This is Ben. Meanwhile, Meanwhile on Charmed. On Charmed.
1: So then we watched Buffy. Stacey, can you tell us what happened on Dead Man's Party?
0: Yes, Dead Man's Party is also about dealing with drama that we have not recovered from from last season. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Buffy comes back to town and is reunited with her friends, and things are awkward between them, so the episode is about resolving all that, and there's kind of like a zombie thing happening. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. So Buffy is back home. She's unpacked. Things are still a bit awkward with her and her mom. She clearly wants to go out to see her friends, but it's kind of unclear if she, like, needs permission for her mom now that she's, like, lived on her own and her mom knows she just, like, leaves whenever she wants anyway. And Joyce is nailing what's clearly going to be an evil artifact to the wall. And she thinks that it cheers up the room. It's got, like, evil teeth.
1: I also want to point out, she says, like, oh, you've got no taste for, like, nativist art,
0: What is wrong with Joyce? (laughs) This is clearly an evil artifact. It's ugly. It doesn't cheer up the room.
1: Yeah, and it's like her bedroom, too. Like,
0: what? I think I did predict, though, that Joyce would bring home evil shit from her work.
1: Yeah, it's a big offer.
0: So Buffy's out, taking the weird long way to her friends, I guess, through an alley. And there's like a suspicious guy walking up ahead of her and she sort of scares him. And he turns around to attack her, but it's Xander wearing a comically large cross.
1: Yeah, honestly.
0: It's like made out of plastic. It's huge. Not <laughs> a
1: terrible idea, I guess.
0: No, but the whole gang is out there slang. They've got walkie-talkies and code names now. Uniforms, maybe? Outfits?
1: Looks like utility belts, at least. Full of stakes.
0: Yeah, Cordelia later talks about not liking the outfits their way but Cordelia mid-fight notices Buffy she's like oh hey Buffy that was really funny (laughs) the vamps are taken care of mostly thanks to Buffy and then they all just kind of stare at her not really knowing what to say they take her to see Giles. He's got a creepy ass door. It looks like an old church door that he insisted they install in this apartment building. <laughs> I just don't know why it's gotta be so old looking.
1: Poor Giles. Like everything about his character is like, let's make him a little more British. <laughs> I know. Like what kind of car? Okay, it'll be an American car, but it's gotta look British as shit.
0: Is it too late to start a GoFundMe to get Giles a new car? It's, <laughs> it's so old.
1: <laughs> so old. They <It> came <laughs> with the apartment building.
0: She's worried he'll be mad because she abandoned her post. Is this her post? Like, her mom just randomly moved her to Sunnydale. How does that work? Or like, was it her mom was drawn to Sunnydale because it made sense for her to be there? Do you know?
1: It's a question for the powers that be, I guess.
0: The animal human police?
1: Yeah, they had her hooking up with a vampire, boo. Vampires aren't humans.
0: So is this a question that will be answered? I don't know. Oh my God. Okay, well, it's a question I have for the record, but there's emotional music playing when Buffy and Giles reunite, so we know to feel some kind of way. He invites her in. They all have tea. Giles is actually acting kind of cold. Buffy mentions she's already been to her mom's house, and Giles is like, how did you find her? And Buffy's like, well, I knew where she lived. And he, it's just so funny. It's such a British question. Yeah. Giles goes to tend to the tea, and then he has a little emotional moment. He's so happy she's back, but, like, doesn't want to say that for some reason? And then he remembers the old English saying, don't cry into the tea, and comes back to
1: the room. <laughs> how are you finding your tea? Seems like you cried into my tea, Giles.
0: Brings the tea back to everyone. Everyone wants to know how Buffy Summer was, but she doesn't really want to spill this tea yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You've been sitting on that? <laughs> no, I just thought of that. I don't think it's funny. I don't know if this was a choice or not, but I thought it was funny that he brings the tea out and everyone just grabs one of the like snacks. like No yeah. one takes a tea. And I was like, was that intentional? Because it's very funny, I think.
0: I mean, I don't know a lot of teens that drink tea. Right, right. This is like just for you, Giles. Read the room. And then Buffy kind of almost makes fun of them, like how cute their slaying attempt has been. Yeah. Not like explicitly, but you can tell she's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you're killing some vampires, it seems like. And Oz says only like six out of 10. But just whatever. They're not slayers. But no one seems to want to make plans with her. Like she's like, what's everyone doing? And everyone's like, we got boyfriends. Bye, Buffy. So Buffy is still expelled from school. So her mom has set up a meeting with Principal Snyder Cork. By the way, her hair in this scene, Buffy's hair, is just very this time period. Mm -hmm. I remember the butterfly clips and just like the way it's flipped up. Different parts in this episode. I'm like, that's hair I had Mm -hmm. or people had. But Principal Snyder Quark is like, no way she's getting back into school. And he's like almost getting sexual pleasure from this. He keeps saying he's tingly. Like a lot of times he says he's tingly.
1: It's like, use a different word, dude. You're going to get expelled.
0: He's just so mean to her. He's like calling her stupid, basically. And I'm like, that's not realistic. I mean, I guess if she doesn't go to the school, he can say whatever the hell he wants. But it's just very mean. And Joyce is, like, going to go to the mayor if she has to, and they leave, and Quark's like, wouldn't that be interesting?
1: Yeah. It'd be interesting if Joyce got into politics or whatever. I, I'm not really interested. What, what, what
0: is this new spoiler? Joyce is going to run for mayor?
1: No, I'm just, it'd be interesting. I, I, I don't know why the mayor was brought up, I guess. I'd, you know.
0: I don't like when you give me clues. Joyce suggested Buffy, maybe she can go to private school. Buffy's very against this. She does not want that Rory life with the uniforms. (laughs) She says she doesn't want field hockey knees. Everyone's very concerned about knees in both of these episodes.
1: Yeah, and you've seen the hemlines at some of these private schools. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. you've seen what Buffy wears. There's no way she's going to one of these schools.
0: Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Sorry, we're both very into that TikTok song lately.
1: Stacey's really into TikToking right now.
0: <laughs> so Joyce drops Buffy off in Sunnydale's brand new downtown.
1: New set, everybody.
0: We're getting to see this whole town now. I wonder if there'll be some big confrontation with the big, bad, evil mayor there later. Yeah,
1: Mayor's a super nice guy, from what I remember.
0: I'm just going on the record to say I'm right.
1: Okay, sure. I mean, yeah, you're allowed to think whatever you want, I guess. Obviously, you know the mayor's going to be a character, but like, I just think that we might identify with the mayor in a lot of ways, and he might not be as bad as you think. He? Or she. Might be even COVID compliant.
0: What the fuck are you talking about? She's there to meet Willow, who has stood her up. So Buffy sadly walks home in the most uncomfortable looking shoes I've ever seen. (laughs) And she's greeted by her mom's new friend, who is the woman from the Cheshire Cat Bed and Breakfast in Gilmore Girls. Her name is Pat. And she's sort of befriended Joyce over the summer and, like, listened to all her buffy grief and kind of gives too much guff to buff right now. Like, I don't know. (laughs) She makes it clear she does not approve of her life choices, but she's nice about it. I don't know. I feel like she's overstepping a little.
1: Yeah, a lot. I like to think this is the same woman that owns that inn.
0: Yes, it is. I've, cho- I've decided that. She leaves Sunnydale. Well, <laughs> mm,
1: she reappears.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, but she's got to go. She's making empanadas. Apparently Willow called and said she got held up. So many problems with both episodes would have been solved with cell phones. Mm-hmm. Like Rory would have been in contact with Jess over the summer if she had a phone. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. So Joyce suggests that maybe Buffy should have all of her friends and Giles over for dinner. Sounds like a Pat idea.
1: (laughs) I don't think this is a terrible idea, really. It's like, maybe we should all get together and talk about what the fuck's happening. Like, you're a slayer? Can we maybe all get on the same page? I
0: think Pat probably just suggested this so Joyce can, like, get all the goss. Do you think Pat knows about Buffy being a slayer?
1: Probably. I feel like (sighs) Joyce probably uh, doesn't understand the loose loose
0: lips sink Buffy's. Are your lips loose right now? Yeah, they're a little tight, I guess. You mean do, you do some warm-up exercises? Cheshire cat, pat, cat.
1: Cheshire cat, pat, cat.
0: <laughs> Buffy agrees to the dinner. Joyce insists on the fancy plates, and then we got plate gate. It's just the whole thing where Buffy's like, no, my friends are not fancy plate people. It's not really a whole thing. That's it. But she makes Buffy go down to the basement to get the fancy plates and she's like climbing up on this shelf and she finds a photo of her and her friends. Again, another like very professionally shot photo of her and Willow and Xander just like in a field cuddling. Huge 8 by 10 photo. Why is it in the basement?
1: Why does she have this photo?
0: (laughs) That's number one. We've seen a photo like this before in the Halloween episode on the wall. Yep. I don't think it's the same photo.
1: But let's, for the benefit of the doubt, let's say it is. Why is it in the basement?
0: Yeah, did Joyce just like go through the house after Buffy left? Like, well, she's not coming back. All her stuff's (laughs) going to the basement. (laughs) Or it could be, I think you suggested that maybe Joyce couldn't bear to look at it, so she put it in the basement. And that's what Buffy is now discovering. Right. But if that's not the case, why is it in the basement? There's a very recent photo. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's on a shelf like a let's forget about this stuff on this shelf for the rest of our live shelf. Yes. We used to have a bunch of stuff in our basement when we first lived together. Did we? Yeah, there was just like a pile of stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, that wasn't even ours. It just came with the basement. Yeah, and we added to it. Yeah, and there was a secret little room.
1: Dude, there was a secret little haunted room. I don't know that it's haunted, but there's just like no way it wasn't haunted.
0: Yeah, it was like a tiny little door.
1: It was like not level with the ground either. It was like three, four feet up from the ground. There's like a little tiny door that went into a very tiny room room where there was just like a single old rotting chair
0: not a rocking chair a rotting. rotting chair didn't your friend tommy go in there
1: we went in there one time and we brought a video camera and I, as i was filming it i was like this is like they're gonna find this camera like we're gonna die <laughs> did like, you ever
0: watch the footage no
1: it's too scary you
0: should see if there's something i'm not in that. looking
1: at that footage there's no way there's not a ghost in that footage
0: how's your friend tommy is he He's okay dead. Oh so
1: gosh. um he died that day weird
0: anyway Cannibals, murderers, that's Brian and Stacy.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? It's probably haunted by all the people we ate.
0: Any whose ways.
1: Any whose ways.
0: We're from the Midwest. Let's get
1: back to this Buffy uh, recap.
0: Do you think that's a Midwestern accent? Yeah. It's a little Australian.
1: Go Bears and the pickers.
0: <laughs> right now, I'm telling myself I don't want to put that in the podcast, but we'll see how I feel later. Okay. So Buffy's being sad about the photo, and then boom, a dead stuffed animal falls from the <laughs> shelf. <laughs> It's a dead cat. Dead cat has fallen. My big thing is she would have smelled that long before it fell.
1: As soon as you went in the basement, you would have smelled that. Yeah,
0: not to mention she's just looking at this photo for like five minutes longingly while the cat's like right by her nose. Anyway, they bury it in the yard. I don't believe they would bury it. I feel like neither of them would want to touch it and they would call a man or a woman that likes touching dead animals, but that's generally a serial killer man thing. Ted would come and bury it if he were alive. (laughs)
1: It'd be funny if they were, just like, digging up in the back, and then she's just like, oh, yeah, Ted's back here. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Yeah,
0: Ted's probably there.
1: Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I feel like Buffy is probably, like, not averse to dead stuff anymore. That's true. She's like, yeah, I see this a lot, actually.
0: But then it's bedtime. The mask is glowing, and surprise, the cat's not dead. It comes out of the ground.
1: It's like they were like, hey, you remember Pet Cemetery?" Let's, like, make it very clear what's happening in this episode.
0: Buffy's having a dream that she's at school, except no one is there. Except... Angel. Angel. It's nice he can be in the sun now.
1: Yeah, in her dreams, yeah.
0: Yeah. But she says she's afraid, and he says she should be. Dream Angel is, like, mostly nice, but always ominous. Yeah. I assume we'll deal with that at some point. I don't know. It makes sense she'd be in his dreams, but her dreams are sort of premonition, so... Mm-hmm. Then she wakes up to the most annoying alarm clock imaginable. Joyce tells Buffy she wants to send her to an all-girls school. And Buffy's like, do you think that's what I want, Joyce? And then she's like, well, maybe you can fix all this if you just, like, tell the principal and the police that you're a slayer. They might, like, think it's cool that you're a superhero. And we don't really dive into that, but Joyce goes to take out the trash, and then the cat comes in. The dead cat from the yard. Giles comes over to get it. Things are very awkward between Giles and Joyce. I love that. But he recognizes her mask. He, he knows that it's Nigerian, so he must, like, know a little bit about this at least. Buffy wants to go to the library to help Giles figure out the cat because of course he's going to take it to the school. And he then informs Buffy that she's not even allowed on school property.
1: I feel so bad for this cat. Yeah? Like the actor cat. Yeah. Which is like, hey cat, we're going to make you look real shitty and we're going to call you stinky.
0: A lot. A lot of times. <laughs> yeah. So the gang's all trying to figure out the cat. They're talking about Buffy's potential dinner party. Like, what kind of party is this going to be? And they have a long conversation about what a shindig versus a nanny is. And they're all worried about it being an intimate dinner party, which is what it's going to be. They're like, maybe we should just have, like, have Oz's band come. And Giles is like, no, you can't just do that. Also, I want to be intimate with Buffy and her mother and work on our relationship. That's what I want. Can't you tell? He doesn't say that, but, like, that's what he wants.
1: He says that in British, but, like, they don't get it. Yeah,
0: we can't. I literally do have to put on the subtitle sometimes because he'll, like, throw a British word in at the end of a sentence and I don't know what he said. Mm. And the gang's like, no, we should probably have a big party. And then Giles just casually sort of flips the page of a book and looks away, but the mask is there on the page. Then it's party time. Pat brings her empanadas and reminds Buffy how bad she is. And then the whole school shows up. Uh, Oz's band is there. The drummer's like 50 years old. And meanwhile, this whole time, the mask is on the wall, just glowing. And dead bodies... All over Sunnydale are coming back to life. No big deal. I say that like a joke, but don't worry, it's really not
1: a big it's deal. Not a big deal.
0: Buffy clearly hates the party. She just wanted to talk to her friends. As much as Plate gate was an issue, she wanted that intimate dinner party. So she kind of confronts Willow, and Willow like insists things aren't weird and Buffy's being weird. She tries talking to Xander, but he just like keeps making out with Cordelia, which felt weird. Like Xander's kind of talking, but Cordelia just like keeps kissing his neck. I'm like, what? This is rude.
1: Yeah, it's super rude. Like you're, you guys are friends. Like, and it's not like you don't have opportunities to make out.
0: It would make sense if Xander was making out with just some girl, but Cordelia's like part of the group. Sure. It felt weird.
1: They're also there for like Buffy. Yeah. None of this makes sense. Why is Joyce not upset that there's a party?
0: She is shockingly not mad.
1: Yeah, she gets mad at a lot of stuff. No problem with this.
0: I mean, yeah, they just like crashed her house with a giant party. It's insane that she wouldn't be mad.
1: It went from intimate dinner party to risky business very quickly. <laughs>
0: But she is complaining to Pat in the kitchen. This, I guess, is sort of classic Joyce, just like loudly complaining when Buffy's friends are nearby about how much she hates Buffy. But she's saying how weird it's been having Buffy back. It's almost worse that she came back. Oof. Buffy overhears this, because Joyce is not subtle, and she's like, fuck this, I'm out. I'm going to pack again and leave. Meanwhile, Giles now notices the mask in the book and freaks out. He calls Buffy's house, and the phone is answered by some random dude. Again, this would not have been a problem if Buffy had a cell phone. (laughs) With this rando answers, he's not helpful. So Giles goes to the party. He's driving in his old ass car. He's kind of making fun of Joyce like, do you like my mask? Isn't it pretty? It raises the dead. Uh, Americans. That's so funny. But, like, is this a thing that's American to be making fun of? i mean, well,
1: not understanding history or stuff like that. But I...
0: do British people have a higher regard for Nigerian artifacts than Americans do? Apparently. It feels like a Giles thing. Yeah. But I do love the Joyce hate. I hope this is like a source of drama for this season. I feel like it might be. Giles then hits a man with his old, old car.
1: Man's fine because this car has no power.
0: Yeah. And also the man is already dead. He's a zombie. There's lots of zombies all around Giles. Don't worry. Not a huge deal. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't understand why the zombies even care about Giles.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't know what kind of zombie. Do they want brains? We no, don't...
1: they want the mask.
0: Yeah, you're right. Maybe they know he's read about the mask. <laughs> this guy knows where the mask
1: is. Yeah, you could tell. He's British. Look at his car. <laughs> no, I mean, they, they wouldn't really attack him. They would just be going for the mask. Anyway, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, you're right. Willow comes upon Buffy packing. She's very upset. She's mad that Buffy's bailing again. She gets that Buffy is, like, dealing with a lot, but she's upset that she didn't come to her with it. She just, like, left. And also, she's dealing with stuff, too. She's dating a werewolf. She's slaying vampires. She's becoming a witch. And she's pissed that her friend hasn't been there for her. And then Joyce comes in and notices that Buffy's leaving again. And Pat's like, I told you. I told you she'd leave. Pat doesn't really have many lines, but...
1: You know Pat's the person that never reads the book for book club. You know that. Oh,
0: Pat, no. But she's
1: got opinions. You know what I mean? She like never reads the book, gets real drunk on wine, and then has a lot of opinions about your opinions about the book she did not read.
0: Is this you? Right? So then what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Buffy's basically just like sick of everyone being mad at her. Mm -hmm. And then Buffy and her mom have a very loud fight at this party. Joyce is very mad that Buffy didn't call all summer. Buffy's like, you told me to go. What was I supposed to do? Ah." Xander comes in and defends freaking Joyce.
1: Bad look, Xander. You've done some bad things. This
0: is the worst. This is the
1: worst thing you've done.
0: He says that her leaving was selfish and stupid, and Buffy's like, well, you wouldn't have understood, and Xander's like, well, you didn't try to let us understand. And then he's like, you can't just bury stuff. It'll come right back to get you, which is very funny, because then we cut to Giles fighting the zombies. Mm -hmm. He's left his keys outside the car so he hot wires his ancient car this is actually a moment where i had to turn on the captions i didn't know what he said but i rewatched it and he says like riding a bloody bicycle so he's hot wired cars before mm. did you catch that
1: no I mean, since he hotwired the car, I assumed he had before, but...
0: Right, but I just thought that was interesting. That's not some uh, librarian always might know how to do?
1: I mean, anyone with the name Ripper probably wasn't like a great dude always.
0: Yeah, we don't know much about that yet. Back at the house fight. They're being a little vague with what they're talking about, but Xander says something like, sorry your honey was a demon, but most girls don't hop on a greyhound over boy troubles. Now, some of the regular people have cleared out, but there are a lot of just regular people at this party still. And they're saying stuff like, Bobby's boyfriend has killed people. Yeah. I'm like, guys, not everyone knows yet. But Xander's just being so mean.
1: Yeah. I feel like it'd be fine for him to be upset a little bit or, like, maybe defend Willow. But, like, that thing about the angels too much.
0: And then Buffy, like, really insults their little sleigh playing. And then it seems like it's going to get, like, physical. And Willow's like, oh, yeah, might as well try violence. And then the zombies come in. And Joyce is like, are these vampires? And Buffy, like, checks and says no.
1: (laughs) She tries to kill one with a steak. She doesn't, like...
0: (laughs) Are you a vampire?
1: Open its mouth and, like, "Mm, no, no, no no need
0: to... But Pat's in trouble. The zombies have gotten her, and she gets zombied.
1: And she didn't read the World War Z, so she had no idea what to do.
0: There's still just regular people at this party, not super questioning what's happening, kind of just helping fight the zombies.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of Dead Alive, the movie. Oh, yeah. Which we did a review of, if you want to look it up. Very gory, though. Yeah. Where it's just like, it's a party, and it just like quickly goes to hell. <laughs> There's a lot of zombies very quickly.
0: Giles has arrived, and he informs some of the Scoobies that the mask holds the power of a zombie demon, and that whoever puts it on becomes a demon incarnate. And that's going to be a uh, Pat. But don't worry, they kill her. It's pretty easy. Yeah, the
1: zombie demon isn't even that hard to kill, really.
0: So is she still the demon incarnate in Gilmore Girls? And is Sammy the demon cat?
1: Uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It makes sense to me. Yeah. So Buffy's fighting Demon Pat. Giles is trying to relay information to Buffy to get her in the eyes. But Buffy has figured that out. Like, she's telling Willow not to look it in the eyes, and then she hits her in the eyes with a shovel, and all the zombies disappear.
1: That's so convenient. (laughs) You know,
0: how people just disappear. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I've seen things like that in, like, sci-fi, or...
1: It doesn't make any sense. Where
0: if the head one dies, they all go away.
1: It'd be fine if the head one dies, and they all, like, just become regular dead bodies again.
0: Yes, yes, but these were... physical bodies they weren't just like
1: yeah they're not from another dimension or right. something it was crazy that they just disappeared
0: and then everybody forgives Buffy not really sure what changed
1: this is reminded like oh yeah we need Buffy we should probably be cool with her it
0: was weird like the, uh, her and Willow kind of talk later but like Xander and Buffy just seemed immediately cool Buffy still kicked out of school so Giles goes to talk to the principal He's still insisting there's no way he's going to let her back in. He's still tingling. He's on the way to the mayor right now to tingle with him, probably. (laughs) And Giles is like, well, you have no grounds for expelling her. She didn't kill anyone. Just because you don't like her isn't, like, reason enough to not let her go to school. And he says he's going to go to the state Supreme Court and, like, go above all the local government that he seems super involved with. So he's, like, threatening him with his words. But then it gets physical. He, like, throws him up against the filing cabinet and, like, through a smile says, would you like me to convince you? What is this?
1: This is some ripper shit.
0: What is this?
1: It's a hot wire quark.
0: Oh, my goodness. I like this. I like when the nice men go back.
1: Yeah, apparently. That's your (laughs) favorite thing. I
0: I don't actually want you to do that, but I like it in the show.
1: Okay. Well, hey, audience, should I try this stuff?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want you to throw Quark up against a filing cabinet and smile at him.
1: Okay, cool.
0: So but then we're back in Sunnydale's brand new downtown. Buffy and Willow are hanging out at like a cafe thing. Is this a place now? Is this the place we're going to go? Did we decide the bronze was dumb finally?
1: We'll see more bronze, but yeah, we're going to see this place too. Okay.
0: Willow's like, yeah, I've just been doing some casual witch stuff, you know, kind of scary. Felt like I was being pulled apart from the inside one time. No big deal. And they're trying to work things out, be understanding of the mistakes they made, and it ends with them calling each other a bunch of names. In a fun way. Yes, yes. They seem cool.
1: It's so funny. The zombie thing was so clearly not important, really, (laughs) you know? I think the concept of a zombie demon where the zombies are just trying to get the mask is cool, and that, like, the zombies sort of, like, aren't destructible is cool. That's, like, a different take on zombies. Mm -hmm. I like that. But they weren't even, like, barely related to this episode. (laughs) Yeah. When Joyce was, like, tacking that mask onto the wall, it was like she was tacking that whole plot thread onto this episode. Yeah. She was like, oh, yeah, and, and this is related.
0: Yeah, it was like the writers were like, we need to have an episode where we deal with all this emotion, and it's done. We've written it. Oh, shoot. This is a supernatural show. <laughs> we need to find something supernatural to stick in here. Hey, Gary, you still got that? Cat puppet?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, we got that cat puppet.
0: Maybe we, like, made that real creepy.
1: Oh, yeah, it's actually in terrible shape. Oh,
0: and, and Tim, Tim, you got that uh, real cat that looks real gross?
1: Yeah, I got that real gross-looking cat. Whoa, Tim you, old should, as hell. Tim,
0: you should go to the doctor, maybe. Yeah,
1: I, I swallowed something, <laughs> and it stuck in my throat, so.
0: Brian, was this a good episode? Yeah, I think it was pretty good. Tim, um- <laughs> out. Out of here. Brian.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this was a good episode in that it was, uh, like, a good drama episode, and it had humor in it that was pretty good. But really, at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's Monster of the Week, and it was a pretty weak Monster of the Week.
0: Monster of the W-E-A-K.
1: Yeah. But I, I do think it was a, a fine episode.
0: Yes, I thought it was going to be bad. I had seen the IMDb rating and that it was not a high one, and I just knew from what you said that there might be some good moments, but it wasn't going to be like a good Buffy episode. Right. And we knew that it would have a hard time beating Gilmore Girls. But it wasn't bad.
1: No, I wouldn't even say it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed a lot of it. The Giles stuff was all great. The drama with Buffy and her friends was interesting, other than Xander being a little too mean.
1: Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry that your honey was a demon. Like, that's, that's come on, man. She had to, come on.
0: And I don't really like how quickly they resolved it, but I mean, maybe it's not resolved. Maybe it was just like, hey, we almost died. Let's not fight right now. Right. Maybe there'll be more with that later. Who knows? I mean, you know, and everybody knows. I don't know. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Joyce is dumb.
1: I agree. I'm glad I her friend's Joyce. dead. <laughs> Also, nobody that was at that party is like, hey, uh, we saw a bunch of zombies, right?
0: Yeah, I feel like that was a mistake to like not have a reason for them to all leave before. Th- like, they should have all scattered when the fight started. That yeah. would have made sense because then they wouldn't have had to be there for the zombies.
1: Just another Sunnydale thing. Sure, Giles is just yelling from the bedroom, there's a gas leak. Yeah. These things happen.
0: So, Brian, which episode do you think was better?
1: Um, uh, uh, <sighs> I have to go by humor. So it's Buffy. Really? No, no. Gilmore was better.
0: I was like, I think we decided before we watched Buffy that Gilmore Gilmore was, was better.
1: Gilmore was better. Gilmore was really good. Real, real strong episode of Gilmore Girls.
0: I looked up to see who directed it, and it was the same person that directed, um... Help Wanted, which was another episode of Gilmore Girls that was not necessarily, you know, supposed to be a good one, but it had all those like fun transitions. Mm-hmm. And it was actually weirdly a good one for like a nothing episode. Right. Same director. Oh, cool. I want to keep an eye on that and see if all of his are good. Chris Long, I think is the name. Interesting. And there are a couple of similarities between the episodes. Like basically what Jess says to Rory is what all of Buffy's friends say to her. Mm-hmm. Like you just expected us to chill over the summer and.
1: You didn't tell us anything.
0: Right. Right. You didn't tell us how you were, so we moved on and started making making out out with with Cordelia. (laughs) You
1: know, and this is pre-email. Well, it wasn't pre-email, but not everyone was emailing all the time.
0: It depends which one we're talking about. I feel like there's actually a fairly big difference between 98 and like 2002 as far as email. And instant messaging and stuff.
1: I could see like Jess not having email though. I don't know that Jess has a computer.
0: Definitely using a lot of computers at school, maybe not at home at this time.
1: Yeah, like I don't think Xander has a computer. Buffy doesn't seem to have a computer.
0: But yes, I also think Gilmore Girls was better. But Buffy wasn't bad. Just an exceptional Gilmore. Yeah,
1: it, just, it didn't have a chance. Really excited for these seasons. Me too. Gilmore Girls, I uh, like where it's going, and I know where Buffy goes, and I'm real excited about that too.
0: Me too. I ran ahead. What? No.
1: If you want to watch along next week, we're going to be watching Buffet the Vampire Slayer Season 3, Episode 3, Faith, Hope, and Trick.
0: As well as Gilmore Girls Season 3, Episode 3, Application Anxiety.
1: In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes we discussed in this podcast.
0: Like, where do you think Giles' apartment door comes from?
1: How would you guys try to kill these zombies?
0: Did you drink tea in high school?
1: Are you guys part of a book club? Do you read the books?
0: Do you think that Christopher's in the wrong? Do you think Emily was in the wrong for calling Christopher?
1: Do you think Jess writes in the margins of whatever trash magazines that Shane reads?
0: <laughs> let us know you can reach out to us by following us on instagram facebook twitter and tiktok at gilmore slayer where we post all kinds of interactive and behind the scenes content
1: and for even more comedy content not related to the podcast follow us at brian and stacy that's brian with a y and stacy with an e-y
0: that's right we also make comedy sketches play board games and review movies in a similar style to our podcast for all that and more, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacey.
1: And if social media is not your thing, you can send us an email at Reviews at gmail.com.
0: If you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. All right, should we go see what these ribs taste like, Brian?
1: I'm excited for these ribs, you tramp. What? Harlot.
0: What? Oh, um, uh, cannibal. <laughs> uh, boyfriend.
1: Joyce. Xander. Oh!
0: Witch. Nice. First